For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. That was the nice thing about Southern California. You can go anywhere and go get just a nice salad. Nice salad. Here, good fucking luck. Oh, yeah. Good, like, good, good luck finding just a nice, simple salad. Uh, yesterday was kind of the last day in our apartment before the kids go back to school, before we go back to work. So we're like, all right, let's like order pizza, get like a big ass salad. Couldn't even find a pizza place that had both of those things. Yeah, good luck. I was like, well, this you can, isn't fine. I, th- I assumed get, it would come with a salad. You can get 10,000 calories of pasta <laughs> with it, though. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, or, or cheesy sticks or whatever. the what, what every, Everything else, good to go. But, like, God forbid. Tough to get a salad. Yeah. Anything parts. green? Ah, no, no. We don't we do not do that. Well, it's like when you go to a meat and three in Nash, Nashville, which is a very, like, the South thing is a meat and three. If you look at their vegetable menu, like mac and cheese are on the vegetables menu. Yeah. Or I remember. Fried okra, which <laughs> yeah, is a vegetable. Yeah, yeah. But. My first time I went to Louisiana. First time I was in Shreveport. <laughs> Shreveport, Louisiana, which is a, it's a rough town. It's a culture capital of America. What are you talking about? <sighs> so we were like, you know what? Let's go get some Louisiana food. Sure. I was looking at the menu and okay. Yeah. Fried shrimp. Yeah, of course. Fried catfish, sure, Louisiana. Um, you know, fried tilapia, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, and then I go down to the ve- like, are there any vegetables? Because I can figure out the shrimp thing. Um, yeah, so they have uh, fried collard greens, okay, yeah. Um, anything else? Fried broccoli. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what is happening What's here? The point of it being a vegetable? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Like, I don't just if I just wanted bread, I would just order bread. Like, I don't need my broccoli wrapped in bread, fried bread. It doesn't work that way. Like I just, I just want broccoli. I want bread, but I want it to be so close to my broccoli that it has become one chemically. That's what, that's what I'm looking for. So I, let's go ahead and fry it. Well, they, they probably don't even have anything but just a fryer in the back. So True. every to cook anything, it, it just has have to, to be fried. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's like any of those like gas station like restaurant things. It's like it's not even a restaurant back there. It's just a fryer, and they can cook the stuff that they get. Yeah, it's not <clears throat> not like food food. It's not the highest quality. Mm-mm. I mean, there's some though. Like, they do it for convenience. Hmm. <laughs> wah wah. Wah wah, man. That's good stuff. Uh, we'll see. Farm to table. <laughs> <laughs> the wah wah farm? It is annoying though. So I'll go and I'll have, I, I've started to just really like, like the, the, uh, you, you start to kind of rewire your taste buds. If you start to eat a lot of salads, you start to actually crave vegetables. Yeah. 
So I'll sit down, I'll get a big salad, and I'll just be so stoked about it, like squash and sweet potato and quinoa and arugula and avocado. It's just, it's like, oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. And I love every minute of it. Um, but then for whatever reason, that's like, like a women's dish. Like, oh wow, you're getting a salad? Like that's for women. I'm like, huh? Like how is going to a nice salad restaurant? I get it. It's trendy. I know it, it looks fit for Instagram. I get, I get all that. But how is that? How is that gender specific? Like, how is eating well? How is eating things that have been proven to be good for you? Like, okay, put meat on it. It's not even a meat versus not meat thing. Uh, have chicken or have steak or whatever you want with your green sh- shit, but at least have some some things that are green every once in a while. How is that? How is that like a, a female thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever, man. Uh, okay, yeah, sorry. I didn't have my, my 30-ounce porterhouse <laughs> for lunch today on a Tuesday. Every day. Yeah. It's the only way to stay a man. Yeah. Or my my energy drink and gas station taquitos. <laughs> like is that the key to being a man? Is well, that yeah. why I'm not big and strong? Because I don't eat gas station it, taquitos if every it, day. If it's been on that roller, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if it's past the ready sign, you're like, okay. If you can eat that, that makes you a man. Yeah. It grows hair on your knuckles. Is there a ready there's a ready sign? I feel like isn't there I feel like there's like a little a tab in there. I mean, I don't exactly eat this very often. Well, not ever have actually. But they'll be like uh, behind this thing. They're like not ready. Really? Yeah. It's like the oh, ones so that are ready to eat. I think the roll ready. enough. Yeah. Ah. Now I do like the science of it. Of like we're gonna put something on here and it's just gonna roll on here long enough till it's ready to eat. Yeah. I kind of like that. So it's already cooked, but it just warms it up. Like, but in like a fancy way. Maybe. Could I? Could I put something together that? Like, could I put a carrot on there? How long would it take to roast a carrot? That's a great, a great Like 10 great hours? <laughs> Probably a while. Yeah. Anything that's round. Anything round. I could put a cucumber on there. I could put a <laughs> zucchini on there. Um, That's about it. <laughs> You're just in a gas station trying to grill vegetables on the little, just, vegetables uh, on the little roller. I'll be, I'll be back. Yeah. I'll be yeah. back in a couple hours. Don't yeah. touch these. Don't mind me. They're just all <laughs> greasy and gross from all the... Yeah, the the only thing we don't, the only only oil we have is hot dog juice. Hopefully that works. That's the only way you can cook vegetables uh, at a gas station. I got a note over the weekend that I of course post on social media because, you know, why you, wouldn't you? You send something dumb to me. I'm gonna put it on the internet. Like, what else would I do with it? Yeah. Just keep it to myself? No, I'm gonna let other people enjoy it as much as I do. And uh, it was kind of in that line of logic like i don't understand the construction industry because i grew up well off mm-hmm. and i live that kind of lifestyle like i like to eat at nice restaurants yeah how dare you pay for your food <laughs> and well the funny thing was i was sitting there while i was having my 40 dollars breakfast yeah <laughs> in venice california and you're like well first of all roasted <laughs> second of all i was sitting there reading it while i just paid 40 dollars for breakfast at a very bougie place in venice california and i'm sitting there like huh that's ironic then I made a video about it. I'm like, so I can't go build a company, a nice restaurant, mm. huh? And I kind of just sip my overly priced coffee, and I enjoyed the hell out of my overpriced coffee. Hey, you know, everybody spends money on stuff they like. <sighs> yeah. But apparently, our company is doomed. <sighs> and I, I apparently, I, mean- I, can't, I can't build a company uh, with my background, with not being raised in the construction mm-hmm. industry, being, you know, so... I'm screwed there. I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's over before it began because my history, nope, sorry, you can't do this. And then two, I can't do it while eating at fancy restaurants. 
Are there any other industries that you can think of that the a portion of the population will look down on you if you were raised too well off? I think any kind of blue collar. I think a lot of a lot of people. There's a there's I think it's a it's it's naturally some envy as well, or people will try to discredit you and be like, "Well, you're you're a rich kid. Like, of course you're doing it." And I look around. I'm like, "Yeah. I mean, I I agree. I was given a hell of a lot of perks growing up. Sure. Like that that set me up for this. But also, I wasn't also just handed a million dollars by my dad. And like, okay, great, go start a business. And then when it fails, like. Here's another million. Don't worry about it. Keep on it. Keep buddy. on it, buddy. Like <laughs> you still have to, you still have to do it. Yeah. It doesn't make it any easier. Like uh, shit. Uh, I mean, yeah. I like I fully acknowledge that I couldn't be doing what I was doing without all of the advantages I had. But at the same time, I feel like people just, oh, oh, okay, that makes sense. Then why you've done it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so why haven't you done it? How come? How come you don't employ a hundred people? Then how come you're miserable at your job? Like you don't even have to employ people. You don't even have to start a company, but you're miserable. I know that. Okay, so you don't you don't even have you don't have the balls to quit your job right now and go do something you want to do. And I get I get also that everybody doesn't have that opportunity. You know, I don't know what their situation is, so I'm not going to go comment on their situation. But you just kind of have to wonder, like, hmm, I don't worry about it too much. You don't worry about it too much. I just I loved the irony. Reading that message, yeah. <laughs> wow, I was in Venice, like of all places. I'm just sitting. I'm, I'm like, this is just too good. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, I guess I'll respond to this message tomorrow once I get uh, internet access. I just don't have it for my yacht, so I gotta yeah. wait till I get back to land. Uh, I have to go back to Nashville, <sighs> fly first class. <laughs> get so I, I had I had roast beef last night on the plane. It was miserable. Now here I'm at. Here here I am. I'm going to do this podcast and then I'm going to drive not to the the closest 7-Eleven to one that's a little sketchy kind of off in the countryside and then I can get around to Oh like I'll just soak it in a little bit. <laughs> well, and you then, go to the okay, nice 7-Eleven, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a new one with a taco shop in it. You don't even <laughs> yeah. you don't even know. Deep now, you do get a good bit of uh, comments about these sorts of things on the internet. You're not, not a good bit. You have it's gotten not, not the first over time. the... It's not the first time. No. Has there ever been any kind of comments or attitude in person for you as like you go visit these job sites and, and talk oh, to no, folks? Oh, no, never. That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, because it's like... Most people we're, basically aren't real on the internet is, well, but, is the but, answer. But in per- like we're all the same. On the job site, I mean, some people will be a little salty here or there about getting their picture taken, but they get over it. At very, very rarely have people been upset at us. I mean, out of all of the thousands of people we've come across now, very rarely do we ever have any kind of issue whatsoever. But typically it's just like, hey, we're here to show people what you do. And people are excited to talk about and show people what they do mm-hmm. or even just finally for the first time in their 30-year career, have a photograph of them at work that they can show to their children. That's big time. That's huge. Huge. So most everyone's pretty stoked, and it's very rarely a problem. Yeah. But when you can hide behind your keyboard, you can say whatever you want on the internet. But that's why I I also talk about, it's like, yeah, great. I grew up well off. Okay. Yeah, great. I'm 5'6". Okay. Okay. Yeah, great. I can't grow facial hair. I know. Yeah, great. I didn't grow up in a ditch 
when I was three years old to shovel. I understand. Like, if you kind of just acknowledge all that up front, then somebody can be like, you're short. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah uh, cool. like, check. I already, I just, I just said that. So <laughs> what, what are, you, are you repeating me now? What's going on here? And then yeah. it's like, or if you just, or if you just tried to argue with me, like, no. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. Like, what's the next point you make? Like, there's, well, that's like such there's a, nothing to make fun of anymore. That's such like a basic, um, like confidence thing too. You know, if, if you are, have a certain level of like self-deprecation and say you say to somebody like, man, I just, I'm, I'm just a joke. I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing. So more likely than not, people are going to be like, no, that's not true. And you're like, see, like you have figured that out. I got you to tell me like the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there uh, is space in the world for people to be maybe a little bit more self-deprecating, but it also like like you said, pointing out facts about yourself. Like you t- you take some ownership, and I'm not even to just you. I'm saying in general, like as a person, you take some ownership over like those things, so people can't hurt you with them. Yeah, you know, it's pretty effective. At least it's been pretty effective for me. Or even just like in arguments, just. Uh, you know what? I'm not actually going to defend myself right now. I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to listen. And I'm just actually going to try to figure out where the hell they're coming from because they feel very strongly about this. And there's a reason for that. Sure. Is it irrational? Maybe. Maybe it's perfectly rational. And maybe I'm the one that's completely wrong. How the fuck do I know if I'm right or wrong? Like, how, how do you know you're, you're, you're right? Like, that's so arbitrary and made up to begin with mm-hmm. that, okay, you know, maybe I'm just going to, Take a minute, figure out where the hell they're coming from, and then we can work it out from there. That makes me think there's like a, a couples counseling like a <clears throat> exercise or whatever where it's you look at your partner and you your approach is supposed to be, my only role here is to be curious. I, I can't defend myself. Mm-hmm. I can't attack you. I can't... Um, negate things you're saying my role here is to be curious and to allow you to say your perspective and it's like i think that's if you take that intentionally like into a marriage or whatever obviously there's value there but also like having the same attitude towards just like people you don't know also pretty valuable it applies anywhere but if you've never done it before it's really hard to do and you can just see your uh, ego get in the middle of it immediately Mm -hmm. all you want to do is go defend yourself because well, I'm right here, and it 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 your ego is hurting a little bit because it's like no, I, they're wrong. I'm right. It, you you want to you want to jump in. You want it to. It, it's so tempting to just get in the thick of things, but you you basically screw the situation from the very beginning if you approach it like that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. That's why sometimes it's healthy to set boundaries with uh, if you have people in your life who will just like be stubborn to the end, like of of the world with things like if you're having a conversation and you can never win it's just like well here's what i think well here's what i think and that's why you're wrong yeah yeah maybe just set boundaries and you don't talk to that person as much but even but even if you don't if you can't set boundaries like it's one of your parents for example or you know you can set boundaries with your parents well yeah yeah but like you have to interact with them all the time it just go in like just change your attitude and just fucking roll with it yeah and just like i've done this in the past six months or so i've just recognized like wow I am actually the asshole here because I'm not just rolling with it. So I'm going to go into this situation and just whatever. I'm just going to roll with it, man. It's like 0% about me. And I'm just going to 100% interest in whatever they have going on. 
totally different experience. That's, and all that changed was my attitude. Uh-huh. That's it. Nothing else about it changed. And it made it so much more fun. So even if someone is a pain, like you just like, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. Like that, that is fucking crazy, man. <laughs> and like, like why, why is that? Yeah. And like, even if you like, and, and, and from a genuine sense, like you just dive into it, like maybe they just want to be heard and you hear them and they're like, huh, that's it. Like it, it, it might, I might, it might completely break the chain. Maybe it doesn't, but even if it doesn't, like you just control your attitude towards how it goes and it can be fun and exciting. Because it's like, man, they're just, they're so passionate about the subject. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's, it's fucking crazy to you. But even just appreciating like, wow, I wish, you know, I want to be fired up like this about these certain topics. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> like, like, like you can find something to respect about it mm-hmm. in some way in that I think makes it enjoyable regardless. It's way easier said than done though. Are you somebody who, uh, let me not fears but are you somebody that it's really important to you to be understood like if you were expressing an opinion to someone and they maybe disagreed or uh didn't seem to like grasp it do you feel like you have to like give more and more information in Mm. order to like for them to better understand what you're trying to say like do you feel like the need for that no. I didn't think so. No, definitely not. The only thing I really need is uh, I, I'm just, I'm very, I need words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I'm still trying to figure out. There's probably, there's a reason why. I'm still trying to figure out why I'm wired that way. But I like to hear that I'm appreciated. And if I have that, I'm good to go. Like, that's all I need. It's just some words every once in a while. Just like a little sprinkle here or there. Okay, check. Everything else is good. Do you, I have that. Do you feel like you... uh give words of affirmation in the same way that you like appreciate them or like is mm. is that like the way that you would show appreciation naturally so i've been trying to do a lot more of that and especially in your leadership position like yeah. it's going to be valuable for you to be doing that probably regardless well but. and even even like i'll ask myself like did i appreciate somebody today like did i throw a bone to somebody and if the answer is no hmm Okay, so there's somebody that did something that that earned a bone. Let me kind of think through. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was good. Let me make sure that tomorrow I tell them they the good know job. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So even like I was listening to that podcast with you and Nikki, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? I'm like I had nothing to do with this. It was, it was Alex went and went to this. I like I need to throw him a bone because I thought this was oh, thank you great. Yeah. And then we sat down in here today. Hey, I thought that was pretty good. Like I thought I thought that was very valuable to our company, and that was a great idea. There you go. Um, and it's totally genuine. I've just been trying to be a little bit more deliberate about that. Would you say the dirt world uh, generally, culturally, could do a better job of uh, using words of affirmation on the job? Yeah, because the dirt world is, is, is alpha male, yeah. macho man, no emotion, tough love, school hard knocks, emotion stupid. If someone did it right, you're like, well, you should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. You did your job. Like, who gives a shit? And then yeah. if you did it wrong, you're gonna go get your ass chewed. It's a lot of a lot of that. And I think there's value in having high standards, and um, and and and, and enforcing those standards. Um, but also there's value in patting people on the back and teaching through. Hey, I you did a really nice job there. 
rather than, hey, you, you, okay, great. You did a nice job there. Who gives a shit? Cause you screwed that up. And I'm really, really upset about that. Well, I think pe- people are often, I'm not even gonna say people, I'll just say me and plenty of people in my life are often wired to uh, say they get talked to 100 people, 99 people give them a compliment, one person criticizes them. I think a lot of people that I know will, the thing they'll be thinking about is the criticism. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's not, not even really the truth and not even like the majority of what people say. But I feel like because of like the world that we're in, you know, like it's like you, you say often, it's production based. So it's like if the thing that, you know, feels like it matters the most is like getting these things done, these tasks that like, you know, lead to whatever we're, we're building today, whatever's like being created. If anything gets in the way of that, then it's like a failure and that's the thing you have to call out. But there's probably a good bit of space for um, rewarding uh, good behavior and good uh, just like activity. Well, and and yeah, you might fixate on that one thing. However, uh, if you're giving out the attaboys, 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 that's informing behavior. You're, you're, I, I guarantee you're going to have a more productive crew if you have one foreman who's chewing everybody's ass and is just kind of bent out of shape and just a little bit, a little bit miserable. And one foreman that's like, you know, still has high standards and still expects his crew to perform, but enforces the behavior through, Hey, I really, you did a really nice job today. There's no question in my mind, no question in my mind that that crew is going to perform better. And everybody wins. Okay, great. So now they're performing better. So now they're making more money for the company. Now they're less miserable at work. Now they're enjoying what they do. Now they're building a better product for the customer, whoever that is. Everybody wins there. Wow. Okay. That's a great deal for me. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a, a boss of any sort in the industry, how can I not be a miserable asshole? It would be the question. And then start working backwards from there. Because it's in everybody's best interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't mean being soft. That doesn't mean like, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes you do need to say something like sometimes the standards are not met. Like, Hey, you missed something here. Let's make sure that doesn't get missed next time. And here's why it's important. You know, like, uh, this morning I had to, one of our teams borrowed my grill. That's fine. Take my grill. I don't give a shit. I'm basically everything right now. It's just like community property in my life. Yeah. I have nothing to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Take my grill. But then I walk out on my way to work this morning and I notice one of the shelves on one of the sides, it's not there and it's under a cover. So I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? So I take the cover off. The shelf is under the grill. They took it off and they didn't put it, it back yeah. on properly. Or they, I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I didn't look at it all that carefully, but they clearly couldn't get it back on. So they just threw it on the grill. And then I open up the grill and the grill's fucking filthy. And it wasn't filthy when they got it. And I was sitting there. I'm like, I don't care about the grill at all. But I care about you borrowed something of mine and returned it dirty. And that is a failure of attention to detail. And if you can't do something as simple as take the brush that is with the grill in the first place and just brush it, it would have taken maybe 60 seconds to clean the grill. Maybe 60 seconds. You can't do something as simple as that. What else is missing here? Mm-hmm. Oh, we want to make the dirt world a better place, but we can't even do something as simple as clean something that we've borrowed. Wow. 
and we think we're going to go make the dirt world a better place? Are you kidding me? How is that going to work? If we can't do something as simple as fill a, a pickup truck up with gas when we borrow it or return a, pick, a clean pickup clean, just return it in the same condition. You don't have to go scrub the damn thing. It's just if you take it clean, you bring it back clean. It's just or, or leaving water bottles, you know, empty water bottles in the office. I, I hound on those details because it really matters in the grand scheme of things. And I try to, I'm not going to get wound up about it. I'm not going to go chew someone's ass. I've done that in the past. It doesn't work very well. <laughs> but I am going to call it out and say, hey, so you guys are going to, you guys think you're going to go make the dirt world a better place and you can't do something as simple as this. Huh. Interesting. And just let it work. You know, that's all you need to do. I don't need to go chew someone's ass about it. Yeah. People are going to go beat themselves up. They're going to learn from it. Okay, great. Now we know where the standards are at. Check. But I don't need to be an asshole about it. I could very well be an asshole about it. Sure. <laughs> there, I mean, yeah. I, what I'm thinking about as you're talking is you're, you're mentioning about standards. I feel like a lot of that comes with like the whole managing expectations thing where um, it's easy to have hard conversations if like expectations have been managed appropriately. Hmm. Like you, and, the, and standards, sure, swap that out with expectations. But it's like if if we both know what to expect in a situation and one of us doesn't uh, like live up to the expectation that we've talked about, it's easy to have a conversation about that because we've we are, we are on the same page about that. And I think what's hard and I wouldn't even say this is specific to the dirt world, but I, I would say that. In a, a lot of work where it requires people to just like produce. That probably plenty of people are kind of thrown out there like, hey, this is what your responsibility is here. You need to be doing that without like understanding of the of the context or like why we're all agreeing to do it these ways mm -hmm. that like, of course, there'd be plenty of opportunities where like, I'm just going to chew you out because I'm frustrated because you failed on this thing, but you probably didn't have enough information to like do it well in the first place. Well, and, and this is, but that's where the leadership component comes yeah. in. It's like, I'm not going to go chew them out because that's oftentimes a reflection on me. Like, wow, I didn't. I must not have made the standards clear here. And that's what I mean with the managing expectations. Yeah. You have to make that clear. Yeah. Or or any sort of response from, from frustration or uh, a response to a, a failure, like, is it going to be that helpful? Because it's like, well, they probably did it to the best that they thought, mm -hmm. you know? And But if everybody's on the same page, it's far less likely to be that way. Sure. And it's my job as a leader to get everybody on the same page because- Human beings are complex and human beings are coming from all different backgrounds. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they've worked in the industry or not. That doesn't fucking matter. That has no bearing. on You could be doing something completely differently. Your, op your business could operate completely differently. That's your responsibility to make sure they understand that. They understand why. That's the frustrating. Um, it's not the frustrating thing. It's just the thing you need to recognize. With as The more experienced people are, the more history there is, which means there's more to work through. Yeah. There is more to work through. There is more to rewrite and figure out what's good, what's bad. And if there's more to work through, it's going to take more time. I've seen some people take six months, 12 months to finally start to get it because mm -hmm. they've had to work through decades of doing it one way, coming in a completely different way of doing things. They just need time to like let that shake out in their brain. It doesn't mean they're not getting it. It means 
they've been doing it one way for 25 years. So throw them a bone here because they need a little bit of time to shake it out. And it's my job to make sure they shake it out effectively so we can all start rowing in the same direction. Yeah. So, yeah. Or another example was like my, my brother, he busted the door on my skits here. First inclination, I'm going to chew his ass. Like, what a fucking stupid thing to do. That's just dumb. And then I actually caught myself. I'm like, well, okay. Um, 50 yards over there, I put it on its roof a few months ago. So who the hell am I? Who the hell am I to say that's, you shouldn't have done that? I'm like, hey, we're good here. Like, we'll fix it. We learned our lesson. Check. All right. We're rocking and rolling, man. Like, I don't need to go. He's beating himself up enough about it. I don't need to go beat him up more. Well, and the other part I'm thinking about is like, also, you probably didn't say, hey, whatever you do, don't touch this. No, and I didn't. I And that was another thing was, damn it. And I, someone did it again when we were training on it a few weeks after. And I, I beat myself up for it because I'm like, son of a bitch. I should have I should have made that part of the. Okay, we got into the cab. Let's look around here. All right. So to get out, the handle's on your right. The two red tabs on your left, those are only for emergency use. So if the door is stuck for whatever reason, then you pull those, but don't pull those otherwise. Situation would have been avoided. We did, we, that, they didn't have to make that mistake because yep. I already knew I should be teaching about it. Now, going forward, yeah, I'm going to teach Pretty about important it. important thing to say. Because obviously, multiple people have done it. It's not obvious to people mm-hmm. that haven't been around equipment. Well, why would it be if they've never been around equipment? Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. It's obvious to me, but that doesn't mean it's obvious to them. So great. I need to make sure that it's clear. You know? Yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Good. Right now, we got a, a juicy question. Okay, cool. I think you might even do like a hands uh, like rubbing kind of thing. Okay, let's see. All right, this is from Josh. He says, my main day job is working for a guy that runs a three-man crew, including myself, and I run and manage most everything. My second job, which I go to after the first and work on weekends, is for a small one-man operation doing mostly agricultural excavating work. The owner is almost 70 years old is being pushed to retire by his wife. I love working with him and we've been talking about me buying out slash taking over the business. The problem is we don't know how best to structure the deal so it works well for both of us. He's probably has, uh, I won't say the number, we'll say hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment, if not more, with the crazy COVID prices. I don't have the capital to just buy him out at once and take off running, and he doesn't want the tax burden of that either. So my question, how can I go about buying the business to fit both of our needs and help me start with a little equity to put into the business? My biggest asset currently is to offer, my biggest asset is to offer, this is weird. Oh, my biggest asset to offer is a customer that I've been gaining work from that has a few million dollars to spend this year on farm repair work. Hmm. Oh, that's good. So with these questions going forward, I want to answer it. I want to answer them from like, all right, if I were in this situation, this is what I would do. I want to, I just need to be careful of like telling people like, oh, this is what you should do. So that's why, that's why I've made sure to word it. Yeah. We're we're on the same page here. Yeah. I just like, yeah, like, what should I do? And I'm like, well, we can't. Well, I was reading. Everybody. I was reading the other day, and it was Cam Haynes, and he he made it know. He's like, yeah, I don't tell people what to do. I just kind of speak from my. If perspective. I were you, or if if this were me, yeah, which I think is a huge 
a very important distinction. And I read that. I was like, yeah, I need to be really careful because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> not, not at all. Um, I, if I were in this position, first of all, that sounds super cool. What an exciting yeah. opportunity. I have started to really spend time first before a deal happens thinking through, okay, what would make it a win for them? Where are they coming from? What is their perspective on the situation? I'm just going to hop into their shoes and just look around for a sec. Okay, great. You know, here's the history I have. Here's what's important to me. Here's what I want in the future. It sounds like you know this guy pretty well. So you can probably do that pretty effectively. Mm-hmm. What does he really want and what would make it a win for him? And I would start there. Because if you make it a win for them, it'll end up being a win for you, if that makes sense. I just think the best deals are a win-win. But to get to a win-win most effectively, I think you have to understand where the other party's coming from first. Okay, all right, I, I get it. And it sounds like you've already done that, like the point on the tax burden, for example. Mm-hmm. The, the most effective way to do this I've heard of, and that would, my mind first went just seller finance. So you basically pay off the owner of the business. You buy the business over time using the money you generate by operating the business. So you take the business over, you operate the business, and you make money over the years. And that money, instead of going to you, goes to the owner of the business. And you essentially buy the equity in pieces over time, depending on how profitable the business is and what it's worth. Mm -hmm. So that is probably exactly how I would set it up. And if you have a customer that's going to go give you that work, I would be careful to not overextend myself, but okay, great. I know I have this work lined up. I know it'll roughly pay out like this. Okay. I'll probably generate X amount of dollars based on the history of the business and what I can bring on. Okay. The business is worth X. We both agree upon that. All right. Now here's about how much I can pay off. And here's when I'll own 100% of the business. Probably the most effective way to do it if both parties can afford to do so. You can get a bank involved or someone else to finance it. But I would try to go as simple as I could, Mm -hmm. especially if the guy selling it doesn't need the cash now, which sounds like is the case. I feel like. I never really heard the term seller financing in any real way until um, I came to build it. It was either like talking about machines or um, selling like a book of business kind of in that same way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty clever way to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you don't have all of the risk up front. Sure, you have a note, or I don't know how you structure it. I've never sold. Well, that makes, makes sense with like a small, very small business. Yeah. So, but if you have a small, small business, then there you go. I, I would say that's the way to do it. Yeah. Is is it risk free? No, but you're buying a business, so good luck finding a risk free way to buy a business. Yeah, and be there a business is not owner. a risk free way. Yeah, and if you want a risk free way to buy a business, don't get into business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I would just stay working, man. Yeah, you know what the, the worst risk yeah. is if you buy it and then the company fails and falls apart and then all of a sudden you bought a company that doesn't exist. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the risk. Oh, the, wor- the worst risk is buying a company and then realizing, holy shit, I don't want to be doing this. I would rather just work, which is more than fine. Yeah. 
um, and a much more balanced lifestyle. Like if you want work-life balance, don't get into any kind of business ownership because there's no work-life balance. That's a total fallacy. Mm -hmm. It's a lie that people tell you to make you feel better. <laughs> um, so that's how I would probably do it. And I'm not necessarily attributing uh, this approach to Josh, by the way, but it feels like that kind of seller financing route is like a a good approach for somebody who does not have uh, much upfront cash, but like has plenty of uh, experience, like getting their shit done. Yeah. And if you're, if you're confident, you can go operate the business. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't have to put anything up necessarily. If you have cash to go buy some part of it upfront, great. So you can take on some equity upfront. Fantastic. But also recognize that, most situations like this, it's not like business is not purely just business and numbers. Yeah, this is very personal relationship. It's very personal. It's very personal and people by people. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things, and, and I've, I've had a lot of proof of this within my own business. A lot of decisions are made within our business and people helping us. That's, it's not technically the best, quote unquote, business decision. Like if you put it on a spreadsheet, got your Excel out and penciled it all out, ah, it doesn't quite make sense. But that doesn't mean it's the wrong decision. So just don't lose sight of that is someone, especially that's built a business, there's a lot of emotional equity within that business. And so if you can show that, yeah, okay, maybe you can get more money for this thing, but they're just going to buy this and you don't know what the hell they're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm buying it, so I'm still going to be the owner. You know, you're still selling the business and forfeiting your control over the business you currently have. But you and I both know I'm going to care for this thing and I'm going to build upon the foundation you've laid. And you know that I am a good person and we share the similar values because we've worked together. That is worth a lot. Yeah. A lot. So don't undervalue and underappreciate the emotional and human component, because that's oftentimes the most important thing about the deal. And we're, we're taught into thinking that, oh no, it's just numbers. It's not just numbers. Most deals, most anything to do with money is typically an emotional matter, not typically a logical one, whether it looks like that or not. Mm -hmm. well, now sad. I get like, okay, Wall Street, you know, you're working, working with these heartless giants i get yeah it's not emotional when this is that but oftentimes i mean even it's like read like the ride of a lifetime by bob Iger, and he goes into the acquisitions of pixar and of marvel and of lucas films like it's okay great it's disney this multi-billion dollar very old company buying something else at, at, at face value it's just this big corporation buying another big corporation for billions of dollars great but he goes into the deal, it's still very human. It's still him sitting down with George Lucas at Skywalker Ranch and talking about what would this even look like. Well, yeah, you don't sell deals like that with money. It's like, sure, the, the money has to just, you can't even think about that. Yeah. It's like you're, you're trying to, you know, on an emotional level, like why this makes sense for you. Yeah. yeah. So if, it, if it's true at Bob Iger's level, it's true at your level too, and that is there's always an emotional component to business, and don't underestimate it.
Great. Great question, Josh. That's awesome. Excited for you. Um, look forward to hearing uh, how that goes right back in a couple months once that's kind of cruising, what, what you decide what to do. Because if there was no emotional component to business, no one would work at BuildWit. Seriously. Yeah. Because we are not the best company to work for. Out of all the options people have, I don't believe we're the best on paper. If I were to pencil it out, there's better benefits, there's better pay, there's more security, there's more, I don't know, potential opportunity in certain paths and, and there's, okay, great, we, we know where we're going and there's a lot more safety in many other options out there and yet people still work here. Why? That's because there's excitement. That's because they're bought into the vision. That's because they can, they can have a hand in doing something that's bigger than them. That's emotional. Yeah. That's not purely logical. Sure. Do we have to meet the, the logical argument and the logical criteria? Yeah. Like if we can't pay them a livable wage, they're not going to come to work here. But okay, great. We checked the logical boxes. Now we're into the emotional realm. Okay, great. Now I need to sell the hell out of out of this vision and get them on board like I am. Check. We can do that all day long. That's why people come to work here. So there you go. Love that. That's awesome. Uh, well, thanks, Josh, for sending that in. Look forward to hearing about it. Uh, last one. It's just a quote someone sent hmm. um, that I, I love. I've heard the quote before, but never thought about it in this context. Uh, this is from Bill. He says a quote you might like. Of all the paths you take in life, make sure a few of them are dirt. That's John Muir. I've only ever heard of it or thought about it from like a uh, get in the outdoors, you know, do yeah. more hiking, spend Which time in the forest. Probably is if it's John Muir. You know, 100%. That's yeah. what it's, it's yeah. clearly what it's aimed at. But what's interesting to me and, and why I brought it to the podcast is there's also like something of like, something about that is, of all the past, like you take in your life, make sure some of them are like making something out of nothing. It's kind of what it's making me think about mm -hmm. because, you know, we, we talk to so many folks in the industry who like a great pride of their work is, you know, in their community, they're, you know, driving their kids to school, whatever. And they're like, Hey, you know, like I, me and my guys built that bridge or like, you know, paved that road. Like that's like real stuff in their life to be proud of that like didn't exist before they made it. Yeah. And so, like, that's that's what that quote's making me think about today. Just um, imagine John Muir on, like, an old D9 open I can't. cab. <laughs> I can't. Pushing dirt, man. <laughs> Hell, yeah. We're building some trails, brother. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think, like, humans are built to explore and create. That's what that means to me, broader than be outside on the yeah. trails. Yeah, and it's so sad to watch people so uninspired and creating nothing and just not really knowing what they're adding and contributing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of those people, um, and people feeling lonely and, uh, and isolated and just uninspired. I, people, humans are built to create things. I am a huge believer in that. Mm -hmm. That's how we were wired. That's how we evolved. That's how we've survived up until this point. And sure, we have this digital world. Sure, we have all these more refined, knowledge-based careers like, I don't know, investment banking, whatever it is. Great. Okay, great. All that, sure. It's important. world yeah. needs it. Great. I'm not even going to argue about that. But we as human beings still need to create things. It doesn't matter what we go do. It doesn't matter how many computers we have or 
how brilliant the technology that we create is, we still need to create something. And that something is different for everybody. But the dirt world, we do it every single day of the week. Hmm. Every shift people show up for in the dirt world, they're creating. That's special. There's not many career paths where you can say you're, career, you're, you're genuinely physically creating something. Using true creativity every day of the week. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Bill, thanks for, thanks for the quote. Great quote. Okay. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. I, like, I've seen it on like shirts at like REI. Oh, really? And stuff, maybe stuff like stuff maybe like, like maybe that from John Weir. And twist it into something. REI would never want it to be. Never want it to yeah, be. Yeah, talk. earth moving. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Aaron. Thanks all for the questions. Uh, a great podcast, I think. Well, felt good from my seat on a dirt talk. I think it felt good. Yeah. Yeah. Happy cool. to be here. Always happy to be Always here. Always happy to be here. Love talking dirt. Love the questions. Thanks, everybody, for just listening. It's super appreciated. Every yeah. time someone messages me about their talk, the first thing I say is, I just appreciate you giving this a listen. That's super cool. So thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for sending in questions. If you have any comments or anything to send to us, send it into dirttalkabilla.com. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, we'll see you in the next episode. Stay dirty, everybody. Thanks, y'all.